Wow, Matt, fellow adventurers. We are now back at the Border Rangers outpost in Eastern Tysa. Now, many, many episodes ago, we joined the Border Rangers and did a series of adventures with them. But this was a long time ago when Sir Crokington was a lot weaker. So I couldn't quite finish them. But now, since I'm already an Eastern Tyser, it's time to finish them off. This is the last of the ones that were actually made. Ventures for this location, a trail of death. For nearly a month, the telltale signs of the brutal activities of a large and deadly creature have been found in and around Ferrin Wood. It is now up to you to track down what you can only imagine is a savage and fearsome beast. Here we go. And so begins a trail of death. Norodos sudden summons for you comes as no surprise. For nearly a month, you and the other rangers of the remote compound have been finding the gruesome telltale signs of the brutal activities a large and dangerous creature in and about Ferrin in Wood. At first, based on the six severely battered and half-devoured goblin corpses you discovered on the, nor- on the northern edge of the forest, you assumed that a band of forest trolls had made their way into Ferrin. The tracks you found nearby, however, soon caused you to dispel your initial suspicions. Through the spits, prints were several days old, distorted due to, due to several recent bouts of rain. You have little doubt that the creature responsible for killing, for this killing and several others, was something more fearsome than a group of rewarding, rewarding forest trolls. Nolador was quick to agree to your assessment. For almost two weeks, the matter was, was put to rest, as other businesses, business and assignments of a more immediate importance took the place of the mysterious and inefficient slayer stalking the wood. Then came your summons. We'll hop to it. Four dead ogres at the base of a high ridge in the southern wood, said Norodar, handing a steaming mug of paleo as his brow furrows. This is the work of the same beast, or another of its kin, and I hate to think we've two of whatever it is, whatever it proves to be running around out there. You asked the ranger leader if any of the ogres were devoured and he nods. Chewed up a bit, and one was missing his head, he says, frowning. I can think of few creatures capable of tearing off an ogre's head, but I'd much rather think of something else. It's only going to be a small while before whatever this decides to move on to you and prey, if it hasn't already. The settlements in these parts are my charge, and I'll see to their safety. I want this thing hunted down and slain, Sir Crokington. But then it is done. Nolodar tells you that the most recent sign of the creature was found in the western part of Florin Wood. 
It has moved quite a ways from the site of the ogre slaughter, he says. Time and again, this beast moves into the western wood. I've no doubt it's there, is there. But you know as well as I do that western farrowing is just a bit of a tangle. I need you to crack, track it down, Sir Crokington. White to the rock on which it lays its ugly head. Then I want you to kill it. I place more trust in your abilities to put, put this thing down than I do in any of the West of us. You quickly accept the task, and tell Narada that you will see to it the creature responsible for the slayings is found and put to death. Well then, my worries are over, just like that, laughs Narada. Here, have some more paleo, I think. It's a bit late too to start on any such endeavour today. Dawn tomorrow. Nearly two hours before dawn, you set out alone for the way, for the from the Ranger compound, and press steadily westward in, into the heart of Prolin Wood. The well-worn trails over which the feet of your fellow Rangers have passed countless times, times gradually gives way to thin, overgrown paths before disappearing altogether. It is nearly midday when you find yourself moving into a more tangled region of the forest. Only in a short while later, you happen upon the first sign of the creature you set out to track down. The overpowering stench of decay is what first alerts you to the grim discovery. Only moments later, your eyes fall upon a gruesome sight. Stakes to the broad trunk of a maple with an iron pike, and swarming with flies is the rotting head of an ogre. You immediately recall Nora's description of the headless ogre corpse, and also note the growing sense of dread, that the ogre's head appears to be torn from its neck. A brutal act requiring almost unimaginable strength is what ended the life of this ogre. What's strong enough to tear off an ogre's head? Well, well a dragon? dragon could do it, but I think I think we'd have noticed if there was a dragon. Hmm. Otorox? They probably could. Wasting no time, you move about the area, scouring the ground for any sign that might serve to lead you to the direction of the creature you've come here in search of. More than once, you find yourself wishing you were back in the compound enjoying a mug of paleo with your fellow rangers. Alright, picking a number. Bonus of 19, all for woodmanship. Got to get 50 or more, and now and something will happen. Pick now. 49, failure. Despite a thorough examination of the surrounding woodland, you're unable to find any further discernible sign of the creature you're attempting to track. I guess that makes me the hunted now. After taking a few moments to rest your weary legs and take note of your surroundings, you once again set off through the forest, determined to pick up the trail of the creature you're tracking. As you move through the thick of the western throwing, you continually scour your surroundings for any sign left behind by the brutal slayer you're tracking. Alright, picking a number. 
Bonus of 19 for Woodmanship again. Got to get 55 or more to get some sort of clue. Pick now. 98, success. 8xp to Woodmanship. Utilising your mastery of woodsmanship to great effect, you discover evidence both on the ground and amidst the surrounding foliage that suggests you're indeed on, on the trail of the deadly creature you're attempting to track. After spending a few moments to rest your wary legs and take note of your surroundings, you once again set off in pursuit of the creature you're tracking. As you move through the thick of the western thorn, you continually scour your surroundings for any sign left behind by the brutal slayer you're tracking. Picking a number. Bonus of 19, all from woodmanship. Gotta get 60 or more to find any trace. Pick now. 64, success. 8xp to woodmanship. Utilising your mastery of woodmanship, woodsmanship to great effect, you discover evidence both on the ground and amidst the surrounding foliage that suggests you're indeed on the trail of, a deadly of the deadly creature you're attempting to track. After spending a few moments to rest your legs and take note of your surroundings, you once again set off in pursuit of the creature you're tracking. As you move through the thick of Western Thorne, you continually scour your surroundings for any sign left behind by the brutal slayer you're tracking. Alright, picking a number. Bonus 19 once again. All for woodmanship. Gotta get 65 or more. Or get just a little bit lost. Pick now. 76. Success. 8xp to woodsmanship. Utilising your mastery of woodsmanship to great effect, you discover evidence both on the ground and amidst the surrounding foliage that suggests you are you're indeed on the trail of the deadly creature you're attempting to track. After spending a few moments to rest your weary legs and take note of your surroundings, you once again set off in pursuit of the creature you're tracking. Alright, so same check again, but now I've got to get 70. Alright, pick now, pick now. 104, success with 108 experience to woodsmanship. Utilising your mastery of woodsmanship to great effect, discover evidence both on the ground and amidst the surrounding foliage suggest you're indeed on the trail of the deadly creature you're attempting to track. After a long and exhaustive search through some of the thickest areas of the forest, you at last happen upon fresh evidence that the creature you're tracking has passed through this region quite recently. As you skirt around the tangle of law and make your way up to the edge of a more open patch of forest, the sound of a pair of vicious snarls, coupled by a loud, by a loud thrashing of the undergrowth, freezes you in mid-step. You, you creep around, keeping your eyes trained on the woods, woods ahead. After only a few yards, you witness a sight that causes your heart to skip a beat. What could it be? Just up ahead, less than 20 yards from you, standing in the midst of an open swath of the forest, are two massive grey-skinned creatures. The very sight of these bulky, towering humanoid humanoids fills you with sudden, profound dread. These savage creatures 
their broad torsos whippling with thick bands of layered muscle, and their gaping jaws filled with double rows of jagged stone-like teeth are Woodhawks. And what are they? There's a link for that. Woodhawk. These massive grey-skinned humanoids are nearly twice the size of an ogre. Their giant-like strength, coupled with their deadly, fang-filled jaws and fierce, brutal nature, make them among the most fierce denizens of the wild. Some believe that Woodhawks are related to trolls, although equally as many dispute this claim. Luckily, Woodhawks are quite rare. The chances you'll ever run into them one are very slim, but not slim enough apparently. But I'm sure they'll become slimmer soon enough. The two fearsome Woodhawks, the very creatures you've been tracking, appear to be focused on something on the far side of the clearing. You suddenly become aware of the subject of their intense preoccupation, moving slowly towards them. Out towards them across the t- treeless expanse is a large horntail boar, and there's a link for those two, horntail. Of all the creatures that roam the wilds of Swift, few have inspired as many legends as the horntail. These large, bony-skinned reptiles grow to the size of large bear. bears and are renowned for their ferocious appetites and bad tempers. The largest of the species is the male, which can reach a length of 12 feet and weigh as much as 2,000 pounds. It goes without saying that a 2,000 pound ill-tempered horned tail would be a creature best avoided at all cost. Male horned tails are, horned tails are called boars, the fe- females are called sows. A horn, horned tail is named for the black razor-sharp horn of bone that protrudes from the end of its long, muscular tail. The creatures will use this tail as a whip in combat, whip in combat and can strike enemies from several feet away. It's best to avoid being hit by a lash to the tail, for the horn contains one of the most powerful venoms in all of Swift. So fierce are these beasts when angry, ang- threatened or angry, that tails abound of enraged horntails driving dragons from their lairs or chasing armed bands of forest trolls for miles. Horntails will absolutely not tolerate any living beings entering their lairs, which are usually large caves. Well, hmm. Well, well. Whew. It's going to be quite a showdown. One of the woodhooks, the smaller of the pair, grips a crude wooden cup with which it obviously intends to use against the advancing reptilian menace. Without warning, the club wielding hulk charges forward, swiping out with its heavy weapon in an attempt to strike the horn tail in the head proves to be a fatal decision. With unnerving speed the large horn tail arcs its long bone tipped tail over its back 
shrinking its deadly venomous horn deep into the chest of the advancing Woodhulk. The brutal grey-skinned giant of the forest instantly sinks to its knees and pitches forward, striking the ground face first. The Woodhulk does not move again. The remaining Woodhulk, larger than its smaller fallen kin, slowly retreats to the edge of the clearing, apparently unwilling to engage. The fierce wet tower just dispatched its foe with such relative ease. With a loud snort, the horn-tailed boar turns and moves off into the forest and is soon lost from sight. Guess it's for the best that I don't have to ha- I don't have to fight it myself. It's at that precise moment that you realise you've been spotted. Stomping through the tangled undergrowth, its massive, muscle-laden winds bending the trunks of small trees as it draws near is the towering woodhulk that just witnessed the slaying of its kin by the horn-tailed boar. The fearsome forest beast stretches wide its jaws and emits an enraged bellow that echoes resoundingly off the surrounding trees as it bears down on you. Realising the Woodhawk will be upon you in mere moments, and with no hope of outdistancing this, this deadly denizen of the wild, your mind races as you hurriedly determine your next course of action. I've got quite a few options now. I could use archery, telekinesis, elementalism, illusion, or necromancy. And necromancy has to be at level 70 plus. So I think I'm going to be using that, because I, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Or I could just fight it. But nope, necromancy. It failed. Having failed at your attempted action, you quickly prepare to defend yourself against the impending charge of the Woodhull. No, no, no. I, I want to see what happens when you use the necromancy. So I'm just going to very quickly go through this adventure again. Now, if anything new turns up, I'll weed it, but I'm just going to go through it very quickly. That's the advantage of text-based games, because once you've done it once, it's quick. Alright, woodmanship. 8x speed to woodmanship. One pass. 80 speed to woodmanship, one pass, one failure. Alright, another pass, another pass. It, it's okay, it's the two woodhawks and the horn tail boar. And the horn tail boar just effortlessly dispatches one of those wood hooks with no problems at all because horntail balls are quite possibly one of the toughest creatures in all of Swift and they're really angry as well yeah so fortunately I don't have to fight it and not just be and not just because it's its horn tail horn is illegal to have. So I might accidentally do a crime. 
I have been spotted. Stomping through the tangled undergrowth. Oh, undergrowth. It's massive muscle bay and limbs bearing the trunks. Yep, it's the woodhog. It's advancing upon me. Okay, use necromancy. Succeeded. 24 experience to necromancy. Focusing on the corpse of the slain woodhog. You call upon your power of necromancy. Almost at once, the bloodied remains of the fearsome forest denizen begin to twitch, and without warning, the undead hulk suddenly rises to its feet and lunges forward to attack its larger, more powerful kin. Now, there's a fairly decent chance that these two woodhulks have known each other for a long time. They could be friends, brothers, or even lovers. In which case, what I'm doing is a real jerk move. You know, raising your best, raising your best friend to your dead so you have to watch them die all over again. But, well, he won't have long to grieve. The larger, still living, Woodhull quickly dispatches its undead kin, but not before suffering, suffering several savage blows. Despite having suffered considerable damage, the enraged Rodhawk charges ahead, its broad fist poised to strike you a killing blow. Well, alright then, that's what happens if you use the necromancy. It's pretty impressive. The massive Rodhawk is swiftly upon you, striking out at you with all its savage might. Alright, let's fight it. Now, unlike the first time, it's a free plus, so it'll be easy peasy lemon squeezing. The massive woodhulk roars at you as it swipes at you with its massive fists. The woodhulk smashes you with a fearsome blow, leaving you momentarily stunned. You manage to recover from the blow, 24 damage. Alright, keep swiping. You've been stunned and won't be able to act during the next round of combat. And took 12 damage too. Alright, 22 damage and I'm stunned. Oh, this is a toughie. With all these specials, but... But still, it's a 3 plus. Alright, stunned. 22 damage. Stunned for 25 damage. So many stunning. Was it swipes through his massive fists? Stunned for 23 damage. I recover from the blow for 19 damage, then 24 damage, and then 17 damage. And it is slain. 136 XP with its final deafening bellow rising into the tops of the surrounding trees. The savage woodhawk smack claps into the forest floor. The mighty terror that has stalked this woodland well is no more. Not far from the remains of the two woodhawks, you discover a small cave that appears to have served as the most recent lair of the brutal lair. Scattered amongst the foliage and debris that fills the cave chamber, you discover several items that were must must have belonged to some of the Woodhawk's past victims, 
Evidence that these beasts did indeed prey upon human victims. Well, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, you can find you can find stuff. You can find equipment on goblins too. Oh uh, well. All right. Chain belts, padded boots, just some generic loot. Oh wait. Oh, I've been forgetting to sell my equipment. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to make some womb. Sell this padded cap. Alright. Yes, yes, yes. Alright, uh, drop, uh, drop this chain belt. Alright, just one thing more to get. Well crafted halibar. Do you want to pick that up? Alright, I'm gonna. Drop a sturdy rapier. No. Drop another sturdy rapier. There, okay. Now I've got all the good stuff. I definitely should sell it quick, pretty soon, just because I'm having to drop a lot of goods. I'm having to drop a lot of stuff. And 14 gold, too. Satisfied there is nothing else of interest in the lair, the two world hopes will never again prey upon those who couldn't hope to withstand their savage might. So, pretty much everything but me and that horntail boar. Because I think those are the only two creatures. Okay, Waka Makara probably could take him on. Oh yeah, and Barnabore. And and the, the, the leader of the Copperhilt Lodge. He, he'd have no problem with those. Tallies, of course, could take them on if he could if he ever went out of retirement. Imagine Thane Porringe could probably handle them too. Okay, there's probably quite a few people who could take them on. Yeah, but as a general rule, they're definitely top tier horntail balls. You check over your equipment before setting off when you return trek to the border ranger compound. Strap to your back for the strap to your back for the journey is a gruesome trophy, the severed head of the larger woodhawk. Well, he who lives by tearing off heads, dies by tearing off heads, apparently. You give a full account of your encounter with the Woodhogs to Nolador upon returning to the Ranger compound. The leader of the Border Rangers deemed distressed by the fact you've related, distressed by the news related him. And tells, tells you the fact there were two of the beasts proves most distressing. I've only ever seen one woodhook in all the days I've spent roaming the wild, he says, shaking his head. Something tells me there's more to all this than we might think. Nolador closely examines the severed head you carried back with you, and then tells you it would be best to have it burned. And beginning to think that Threnwyn Wood is no place for a friendly stroll, he says, throwing a, taff throwing a tattered 
cloth sack over the grim trophy that lies on the ground at his feet. You should spread word to the others about this at once. Let them come see this thing before it finds the fire. Nolazar thanks you and congratulates you on a fine showing. I could use a dozen more just like you, Sir Crokington, he says, smiling. Though I'm happy enough to settle for the one I have the blessed fortune to know. With that, the leader of the border rangers meets you on the shoulder cross. Come on, he says, slapping you on the arm. Well, well back and a few other places as well, because I'm tiny. Let's have the others have a look at this. They're not going to believe their eyes. And that ends this adventure. 512 experience to general and 48 experience to woodsmanship, horsemanship, law, weaponry and archery. And that is the end of the Trail of Death. I can now review my status. Through my status in the guild. I can now advance to level 5. Or I must have a horse. Still on Trail of Death. Just on that. Woodsmanship 50. Horsemanship 40. Archery 30. Law 30. Weaponry 40. Weaponry any subskill 40. Got all of those. And I'll spend 512 experience. And 64 gold. Well, I've just got 512 experience, and, well, and I'll get the gold pretty soonish when I sell all this stuff. Which, of course, I'll do off camera, because selling stuff is boring. Fans level 5 within the guild. Congratulations, Sir Crokington. You are now level 5 within the guild. Alright. That's, that's the end of it. There is, there is no more levels for this guild. Maybe, maybe more levels will be added. Or maybe it's been forgotten about. Oh well, it's just, it's just something that can be done. Not, not, I don't think, I don't think anyone's particularly regarded as a priority. But still. The eventual maximum attainable level for this guild is 9. Theoretically speaking. Well, oh well, just something to consider. And barely anyone ever goes here, so that is that. Alright, what else is in Eastern Tysa then for me? Okay, now first, I'm going to pause it while I sell some stuff off. Okay, I've made my way to Trollneck for the adventure Nowhere to One. As you with your every sense alert for any sign of movement, you creep along the sloping passage, plunging deeper and deeper into the cave. Start the adventure. Normal or scary? Let's do it normal. You're moving along one of the more well-travelled roads that cuts through the dense southern region of Fetwood, known as Trollneck. This area has earned, earned a rather fierce reputation over the years as a place where travellers, even large caravans, have been set upon by all manner of savage creatures, 
most notably trolls and goblins. Despite the whisk inherent in cutting through this section of the great forest, the time saved by not having to round the southern edge of the wood is an excellent argument against the unpleasant the unpleasant likelihood of any lurking peril. Early in the afternoon, when you've nearly reached the edge of the forest, your uneventful trek suddenly takes a startling turn. The clamour of battle rings out through the trees to the north. You can clearly hear people shouting what sounds like the war of some savage creature, possibly an ogre. Unsettled, but intrigued by the noise, you hurry northward, hoping to gain a glimpse of whatever it is that is going on. As you pass into an area of tall, rolling hills, you come upon a grim scene. Five men, their armour and weapons splattered with blood, stand over the remains of three slain ogres. The men look up as you step into view and offer you friendly greetings. You, you only just missed it all, says one of the men, a young man, who's trying to remove the blade from his axe as one of the dead. Blade of his axe from one of the dead ogre's skulls. There's three more dead up the hill just a bit, but one of them got away. An older man, his leather breastplate streaked with blood, finishes cleaning his sword and steps forward to greet you. He introduces himself as tools, tells you that he and his men were hired to rid this area of a band of ogres that had been waylaying travellers along the forest roads. Good job of it too, he says, smiling, as he nods in the direction of the ogre corpses. The chieftain, if you could call him that, gave us the slip. He fled into a cave at the top of the hill. He only just managed to escape his mind. Tools tells you that he and his men are, con- are content to sit and wait for the ogre to emerge from the cave. But what if it has two exits? It's a dangerous sort of thing, he says, grimacing as he suddenly takes note of the blood covering the front of his leather, leather armour. I'd rather face the beast out here in the open and chase him into the dark. We'll wait for him. Suddenly, as if recognising... An old friend. Tool's eyes widen and an incredulous expression spreads across his creased face. You're Sir Crokington, aren't you? Wow, Matt! And here I am, telling you about our insignificant exploits in some forgotten corner of the, wor- of the world. Well, maybe you'll be willing to help us out? Tool's tells you asks if you would be willing to go into the cave at the top of the hill in pursuit of the ogre. He's wounded, and likely in a fairly fairly foul mood, he says. I don't know that any of us could hope to stand alone against him. But we're certainly not you, Sir Crokington. What do you say to that? You can keep whatever he's got. Tall's eyes, and those of the four men behind him, remain fixed on you as you consider his proposal. Intrigued by the prospect of adventure, you tell Tullis that you'll be happy to have a look inside the cave. Tull nods and tells his men to dispose of the ogre's remains, as he takes you along, along a narrow trail that winds its way towards the top of the hill. The top of the track, just below the summit, you arrive at the mouth of a cave. 
set set between two jagged spines of ledge. There, two men stand watch. They tell Tors there's been no sign of the ogre. When Tors tells you the men you've tells the men you've agreed to venture into the cave in search of the ogre, the pair appears pair seems profoundly impressed. They caution you to remain on guard. He was in a bad way when he went in there, says one of the men. But there's no chance he's dead. Dead, and it'd be even more dangerous now he's hurt. May the old father protect you in there. Tools tells you that he and his men will wait for you to return. He wishes you luck as you turn and step towards the dark opening. Just inside the mouth of the cave, you discover the broad, uneven corridor makes a gradual but steady descent into the, into the earth. With your every sense alert for the first sign of movement, you creep along the sloping passage, plunging deeper into the cave. You're standing at the bottom of a gently sloping passage, less than a dozen yards inside the cave mouth. Now and again, from somewhere far off in the surrounding darkness, you believe you can hear what sounds like ragged, heavy breathing. The sound always fades after only a few moments. Okay, I'm in the southwest corner, and I'm following the cave. You move cautiously along the sloping, uneven cave passages. You every sense alert for the first sign of movement in the surrounding gloom. Okay, I've gone southeast and now I'm making my way east. Here's something. The carcass of an armoured scavenger lies in this section of the cave passage. The horned beetle appears to have been crushed by a single stroke of a heavy blunt weapon. Okay, now I'm going north. It's another armoured scavenger that's been crushed on the floor. Go west a bit. And then north some more. Okay, going to make my way northwest. Suddenly, your trek along the path, sloping passage comes to an abrupt halt as a group of armoured scavengers scuttles out of the gloom ahead. The horned beetles immediately charge forward and surround you. I guess the ogre didn't go this way. Because otherwise it would have smashed these beetles. All been smashed by them. The horned beetles immediately charge forward and surround you. Making it impossible for you to escape. You quickly position yourself to face the ravenous insects one at a time. With your back pressed against the jagged cave wall. You boldly engage the first of the armoured scavengers. The armoured scavenger thrusts his sharp horn at you and is slain. To XP, the armoured scavenger lies smashed at your feet, its lifeless bark body still oozing a thick grey and yellow ichor through the cracks in its nearly impenetrable shell. You quickly turn to face the next of the foul insects. Step forward and face the next armoured scavenger, thrusts its sharp horn at you and is slain. Another 2 XP. Alright, Bastion, here's number there, Slashity, Stab, Stab. Alright, here's number four. And quickly turn to face next to the foul insects. The last of the armored scavengers charges forward and attacks. Armored scavenger five of five. Frosts its sharp horn at you and is slain. The armored scavenger lies smashed at your feet. 
Its lifeless body still oozing a thick grey and yellow ichor through the cracks in its nearly impenetrable shell. With no more of the foul insects in sight, relax your stance and exhale sharply. 32 experience to general. All around you, the floor is littered with the smashed, oozing remains of the armoured scavengers. After taking a few moments to check over your gear, you once again set off through the cave. Alright. I'm just going to. Alright, now going a little bit northeast, something turns up. Suddenly, your trek along the sloping passage comes to an abrupt halt. As a group of armoured scavengers scuttles out of the gloom ahead, the horned beetles immediately charge forward and surround you, making it impossible for you to escape. You quickly position yourself to face the ravenous insects one at a time. Alright, four of them in a row now. Just gonna. Here's the first one. Next one. Number two or four. Stubbity, stubbity, stab. 2xp for each one I defeat. There goes number 3. Charges for on and attacks. Relax your stance. With no more of the foul insects in sight. Relax your stance and exhale sharply. 32 experience to general. All around the floor is littered with the smashed, oozing remains of the armoured scavengers. Nearby. Buried in a heap of rotting vegetation, you discover a leather sack containing a small quantity of gold. That's 73 gold tokens. And that has paid for the, the Border Rangers Guild upgrade. That money's got back. In fact, it's been got back many times over because I sold a lot of stuff. After taking a few moments to check over your gear, you once again set off cave. Alright, back to the back to the T-junction. Now going northeast. The carcass of an arbored scavenger lies in this section of the cave passage. The, the horde beetle appears to have been crushed by the single stroke of a heavy blunt weapon. Okay, keep going north. Now going west. Another carcass of an arbored scavenger. Okay, the end of the cave is coming up. That must be where the ogre is. Unless it got itself eaten. Suddenly, the sudden sound of heavy breathing from somewhere up ahead sets you every nerve on edge. The ragged, rasping wheeze grows louder as you draw up to the end of the passage. There, slumped up against the wall, it's fierce and bulk splattered with blood and its white thigh gashed to the bone is the ogre. He looks up as you step closer, his large eyes ablaze in the flickering glow of your light. The ogre... The ogre grumbles and tightens his grip on the heavy wooden club, still clutched in his left hand, though he makes no move to rise, despite his weakened step. Despite his weakened state, you have little doubt that the massive creature remains a formidable and deadly foe. Although I'm deadlier, so it won't end well for it. I will go, he growls. 
repeatedly turning his gaze from you to a wide fissure a few yards to his right. Let me go. I will not come back. You glance at the dark opening in the cave wall. Beyond the jagged crevice, a passage slopes down into darkness and quickly disappears from view. You quick, you realise the ogre must know this route, will lead him out of the cave and away from the men awaiting him outside. Ah, yes, this is a cave with two exits. Honestly, that doesn't happen that often. It's, like, it's quite often you can just wait outside a cave and they'll turn up. But really, most caves are in a whole networks of caves, so... They're all connected, and it's all weird, and there's... I mean, someone could go in a cave, and you have no idea where they're going to come out. Away from the men. Alright, so I can attack the ogre, allow the ogre to leave, or use divination first. Divination first. Succeeded. 16 XP to divination. You sense the ogre is telling the truth, and he wants nothing more to do with either you or the men waiting outside the cave. So I, do I allow the ogre to leave, or do I attack the ogre? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Usually when I'm given the option for mercy, I usually take it. Unless someone's really gone out of their way to show they're not, they're going to screw it up. You know, that second bandit in the Blue Moss Cave. That one, that one will show, yeah, you're going to screw it up if I show you mercy again. Allow the ogre to leave. You motion to the fisher, signaling, signaling to the ogre that he, signaling to the ogre that he may leave without fear for further harm. The creature seems taken aback by your gesture, but immediately staggers to its feet. Upon standing, the ogre picks up his wooden club and retreats through a wide fissure at the end of the passage. Content to let him go, you watch till he has disappeared into the gloom on the other side of the crack. Next to the wall against which the ogre is slumped, you discover a sack containing a large quantity of gold. One hundred. And 71 gold tokens. Pretty nice, pretty nice. Without further delay, and confident the ogre will not soon return, you turn and begin to make your way out of the cave. Alright, now I'm just gonna make my way out the cave. Alright, making my way generally south and then generally west. It's a bit twisty, but. Well, exact shape. You'll get it once you've played yourself. Leave the cave. You make your way up the sloping passage and out of the cave. You emerge from the cave to find Torhul and his men have been eagerly awaiting your return. The men seem relieved to see, see you and listen with great interest to describe for them what you found in the cave, including your encounter with the ogre. Without providing an abundance of details, you tell the men the ogre slipped away for a fissure in the back of the cave, and it's unlikely he will return. All present appear to concur with your conclusion. 
Tool tells you that he would like nothing better than to one day share an adventure with you. Any being willing to chase an ogre into a cave is someone I'd like to have, have by my side in the thick of it, he says, meeting Rashad across. Well done indeed. The hunters set up camp near the top of the hill and immediately set about preparing a large pot of stew, you ask. Only partly out of jest, if the brew has any ogre in it, listening a curse from the man tending the pot, and a pall of laughter from his hungry companions. Not this time, growls the cook. Crossbow's back is strapped to two-handed sword. That could be arranged, if you like. Go down the hills a ways and fetch me one of those legs. The man stirring the pot quins and, and turns to devote the entirety of his attention to the task. After sharing a meal with the group, you take your leave of Tools and his men. They wish you well, and Tools reminds you to take care on the road. With the afternoon starting to wane, you bid a final farewell to the hunters and head, and head down out of the hills. Seeking out the road that will lead you out of Trollnack and into the way, way, tamer regions of the sprawling kingdom. And that is the end of this adventure, and with 128 experience to general. And that's that. Alright, what shall I be doing next, though? Hmm. Well, make... Alright, let's see. Is there anything in Taranus? Well, there is steel and shadow in Talonus, but will that be the next one? Maybe? Hmm. There's still 34 active adventures, but I want to discover some new ones. So. Hmm. Stuff, lots of, plenty of stuff in Hawklaw. Somewhere in Red Glen is an event slash scenario. I guess we'll try try figure out what that is. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. <laughs>